Welcome to the Davy Tree Expert Companies podcast, Talking Trees. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Each week, our expert arborists share advice on seasonal tree care, how to make your trees thrive, arborists' favorite trees, and much, much more. Tune in every Thursday to learn more, because here at the Talking Trees podcast, we know trees are the answer. I'm joined this week by Adam Passo. He's a district manager for the Davy Tree Expert Company in Southwest Milwaukee. What's going on in Southwest Milwaukee today? Oh, ourselves a heat wave today. Man, it's hot and humid out there. It's rough. That's the perfect uh, weather for our topic today, which is trees and the heat. And I guess the first thing I think about, but you tell me, first thing I think about with heat and trees is watering. Yeah, absolutely. That's important. Uh, doesn't matter what stage of life your tree is in. If it's been recently planted, obviously that's crucial. Um, but even some of our elderly trees are going to need some help. You know, if it gets really hot and dry, uh, up here in Milwaukee, we're experiencing a little bit of a drought. So uh, adding a little bit of water, supplemental water is, is going to be huge for the long-term health of that large what's tree. The, what's the best way for a homeowner to do that? Well, uh, slow trickling of the water hose. If you have a soaker hose, that's ideal. Um, that really slowly gets the water down into the root system of the tree. You know, if, if it's surrounded by grass, those roots are extremely efficient. They're so tight and compact. So um, getting it down to that tree is important. Yeah, and it can be hard to do if you've got, let's say, my situation, a vegetable garden, an ornamental garden, trees, shrubs. It all needs water. Yeah. <laughs> when we get to the summer here, you know, on my big giant trees, I'm not watering because I've got too many of them. But anything that has been planted in the last two years gets water. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just, I just drag the hose out there and just, depending on the size of the hose, just let it run for a while. And then I do my garden work and then I move the hose. Yeah. Yeah. The, the big part about watering is you want to have those uh, feeder roots. You know, the roots that are out by the drip line are the most efficient at grabbing water. So close to the trunk, not really needed. Out a little bit from the trunk is where it's the best. How do I know if that tree has the water it needs? Well, a general rule of thumb, every tree is a little bit different. You know, evergreens don't need quite as much water as a deciduous tree, say. Um, but, you know, a general rule of thumb is an a inch a week. So if you have a pie plate out um, and if that pie plate is dry, you're probably going to have to water a bit. Um, and when you're soaking, it's hard to, to judge how much you need, but... You know, giving each spot about 15 minutes soak, moving the hose, um, that's about all you need. Do you feel any differently about the rain than normal people? Like some of us gardeners, we're just like, we're loving the rain. But normal people are like, oh, boy, this is great weather. No rain, no rain. But if you're growing trees and growing tomatoes or whatever, or shrubs, <laughs> you want the rain, brother. Yeah. Isn't there a, a country song about rain and whiskey <laughs> it's the same with trees you gotta have that rain even though some people don't like it take it easy on the whiskey 
So what else should yeah. we talk about when we're thinking about our trees and, you know, in the middle of summer here? Yeah, I mean, it goes hand in hand with water for the trees. Uh, you want to have some nice organic mulch uh, to conserve, uh, keep those cool roots. Um, you know, the the sun beating down on the soil is going to evaporate that water really quickly. If you have a barrier of mulch, it uh, you know, that top layer of mulch really dries out. But if you stick your finger in underneath mulch, you get some some nice uh, moisture in there that you don't see. So that mulch is huge. And you don't want to have that, you know, ground up pallets, the Enviro mulch. Uh, it lasts longer with the color, but it's not great for your trees. So you want to have like a, a ground up, um, nice barky mulch is the best. And how thick would you say is good for mulch yeah three inches is perfect um you know it's going to decay over time um you don't necessarily have to do it every year but three inches is kind of the guideline if if you're the first time if you're putting it on bare ground you may want to put four or five inches knowing that it's going to decay a little bit and we do always have to mention the right way to mulch uh because we see so much volcano mulch everywhere. Uh, we know that's the wrong way to mulch. So talk about what it should look like, where that mulch should be in relation to the trunk of the tree. Nice, thick mulch all around the, the root zone. But when it gets up to the trunk, it needs to taper down to nothing. Uh, it should, you know, you can have as much mulch as you want. But if it's touching the, the tree, you're going to cause some trunk rot. You're going to encourage roots to grow up and around the trunk. And eventually down the road, 10, 15 years down the road, you're going to start girdling your tree. So should just taper down to nothing. I ask this question a lot. How do you think volcano mulch started? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, landscapers want you to see that they put some mulch down, right? So the guideline of a tree trunk uh, makes sense that they're covering up that tree trunk to show you that they, they put down that mulch that they promised. <laughs> I know it's got to drive you crazy because it drives oh, me man. Drives me nuts to drive by these places. I, I drove by some guys working out mulching with my daughter, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, they're volcano mulching. She's like, why don't you just get out and tell them? I'm like, no, I'm not getting out and telling them. But I, I wish I could. I wish I could tell them, like, guys, it's the wrong way to do it. You're going to kill a tree. Yeah, yeah, gently leading them to say, you know, that's that's not quite right. Would be the best policy, but you don't want to ruffle any feathers, you know. Well, <laughs> how do you do it? How do you do it if you get in a conversation with somebody, or you know, is it just a education thing? Of what yeah. kind of what kind of attitude do you take when you see that and you say that's wrong? We got to we got to change change that. Please don't do that. Homeowners is really easy. They they seem to be really receptive, knowing that they're not the experts. But landscapers, you know, they they're set in their ways. It's really difficult. Um, you just have to come to them with a, a Gatorade a peace offering. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, sometimes they'll be receptive. Sometimes they're they're really stuck in their way, and they think that you're a jerk for even bringing it up. Yeah. You know, screwing up their name with their clients. So yeah. that's happened. And it's it it's tough, but you got to do the right thing. What else should we think about when we're thinking about this kind of heat? Now, 
are you guys will you guys still be able to plant during this period? I I don't like planting during this period, and I don't I mean anything, but sometimes you have to. You, you know, so, sometimes a, a client wants something, uh can't as long as you keep water on it, can you plant this time of the year? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of trees have to be dug uh this time of the year. I mean, they can be dug earlier like evergreens before the candles start coming out, but Right now, they're digging a lot of evergreens because the candles have hardened off. So you kind of have to plant a lot of evergreens now. And that's okay as long as you're watering well, uh, a lot more than an inch a, a week for yeah. sure or something like that. But soaker hoses are great. You just turn them on. I've left mine on overnight and, uh, just, you know, you don't want to starve the that tree is starting out with a lot less roots. So getting plenty of water so that it doesn't have to struggle for the first couple of months. Um, you know, you don't want to overwater. You don't want to have it sopping wet so that it can't get oxygen. But, um, you know, leaving it on overnight, letting it dry out for a couple of days, that's perfect. And then I've seen those things that you like put around a tree, like they're, they're like a bag or something. Is yeah. that something you guys use or? Yep. Yep. If it's a commercial property, absolutely. It's a, it's not great because it's right around the trunk. There's yeah. some that are kind of donut shaped and they're out farther, which is great. It's leading those new roots out away from the, the root ball. Um, but there are those uh, trunk gators, you know, that you just zip up and they're, they're right there for commercial properties. It's the only way that they're going to get water and, you know, commercial managers are, are able to fill those bags up you know, a couple times a week. And that's, that's great for us. And I guess this time of the year is when we find out right tree, right place, how important it was. Oh, so important. So important. You know, we have, we're, we're all pretty familiar with cold hardiness, um, you know, picking the right tree and having it protected from win winter west winds or something like that. But heat hardiness too is, is something we have to consider. Um, getting a plant from way up north, up at the cabin, bringing it down south, sometimes it's not going to be the best policy. You know, there's a lot of sandy, you got to consider the, the soil too. Um, you know, if it was grown in sand and you bring it down and it's going to be in clay, uh, that's going to be an issue. And some trees, some trees are just better off as understory trees. They shouldn't be out in that harsh sunlight, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of those. Um, I see a lot of trees baking in the sun uh, that came from an understory. You know, right? Um, I hate seeing. I hate to see a dogwood with a bunch of hostas around it out in the the blazing sun. They both will survive, but. If they could talk, they'd be screaming at you. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's when you start seeing the the leaves curling along the margins, the edges of the leaf. And, um, you know, we have balsam firs up here in Wisconsin and people love planting them. It's great to have a, a native tree because you don't have to worry about the insects diseases. But, um, you know, they plant them out in the middle of, of a grassy area and they just struggle because that's not what they're used to. Well, I wanted to ask you, what kind of other trees are you planting there that you love? Uh, is there something that's that's not used as much as it should? Or is there something that, uh, you know, like you say, a native like that? Talk about some of your favorites. 
Yeah, natives uh, are always the best way to go. We bring in all these beautiful trees from Asia or Europe, and uh, they're great for a while. And then, you know, the invasive insects, diseases come in. So sticking with uh, sugar maples, um, you know, white pines are great. There's not a whole lot of evergreens that do well in the Midwest. So finding red cedars, um, and, oh man, I could go on and on about great ones. Um, you know, so tell about the red cedar, cause I don't know anything about that red cedar. Yeah. Eastern red cedar is native around our lakes in Wisconsin. Um, if you look back at some of the early, early satellite images, around lakes it's just groves and groves of red cedars they're amazing to to see uh they're all removed because they're not necessarily the prettiest tree but uh they're they're native um there is a new disease i mean it's not new but there's a disease that kind of works off of uh crab apples and hawthorns back and forth between cedars so you get this glob of orange you know jelly that comes off of the red cedar but it's not really that damaging and uh, i just try and uh, encourage the people to show their children and teach because it's it's a it's a great plant it's native uh, it can take our hard hardiness zone um, and the deer don't eat it well again i was, was going to go right there to the deer next uh well, first off, natives uh, are one way to beat the heat. That's for sure. You know, they're used to the climate that they're growing in. But talk about, you know, making your choices when planting trees, depending where you're at, is deer resistance. It's becoming a, a, a bigger and a bigger thing here out east. Uh, as I was telling you before I we came on, you know, they, they broke into my vegetable garden. But, you know, my lilacs, uh you know, you, you name it, they're after it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot that I would have maybe four or five years ago planted, never even considering that deer would eat them. And now they're eating them. Uh, it's, it's getting to be at a point where I, I just throwing my hands up. I have no idea what they'll not eat and eat. So, you know, sugar maples, they eat those. Um, white pines, I always thought that they would leave those alone. They eat the heck out of those. I, you know, red cedar is one of the few. And I've even seen them eat those. So, you know, green giants, the Thuja plicata, tend to be deer resistant. But the first couple of years, I've seen them just annihilate them. Yeah. If they get well established, they'll uh, they'll stay away from them. But until then, you gotta really protect them with you know burlap. You can use uh, fencing. Um, there's uh, you know liquid products that you can spray, but they're pretty tedious and smelly. <laughs> yeah, you know, and you 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 have to keep doing it. That's my problem. You know, I'll I'll spray. And then you'll forget about it, or you'll get a couple days of good rain. And, the, the, you know, the one day you don't spray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're gone. Those little button bucks are walking around feeding on whatever. And it's it's these young deer, too, you know, yeah. uh, that just, they, they're trying everything. And 
One funny thing, though, I noticed in my garden today was that the Virginia creeper, which is a weed that is coming up over through my Pakistandra, the deer have been eating that. So they've been weeding for me. So yeah. there's a there's pluses and minuses, I guess, to having the deer, but mostly minuses for me. <laughs> right. You know what I've found uh, because I've been sprayed by it uh, accidentally, but there's motion detector uh, sprinkler systems that right. work fantastic. Uh, they really keep the deer away. And, yeah, I try. I trialed one once, and I always tell people when about that. Be sure when you set it up, don't set it up where your wife walks the dogs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did that you find almost, it worked great? It worked great, but it almost got me divorced. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me a little bit about how you got into this job. Uh, I've uh, always been drawn to trees. Um, I climbed them a lot as a kid and went to parks, you know, national parks with my, my family. Um, and it it just... I fell into it, I guess, in college. Uh, I, I started going to college for forestry, uh, decided that wasn't really for me because uh, I was going to be stuck out in the middle of the woods with nobody around uh, alone. <laughs> so I uh, decided that, you know, dealing with people and trees was kind of the, the best of both worlds. And it has been great, fantastic to, you know, people are great. Uh, sometimes they're, they're difficult, but you know, you take the good with the bad. <laughs> Talk a little bit about that, uh, about interacting with people out of those properties. I always like to ask arborists that feeling when you get go there and we're all worried about our our beloved trees and the arborists sometimes can swoop in and say, I can fix this. Don't sweat it. Yeah, it's, it's kind of feeling like the hero. Uh, knowing exactly what needs to be done, letting them know, you know, this is not an issue at all. No action is required. Uh, so you don't look like you're a, a money hungry, you know, dude trying to sell snake oil. So um, it's nice to be able to, to let them know exactly what they need and exactly what they should avoid investing in. Cause it's, it's all about money. Um, and you don't want to, throw good money at bad. You know, before I let you go, I want to expand on that a little bit um, about the importance of having a certified arborist come as opposed to a chuck in a truck. And I talk about this a lot and you've, you've touched on it, but this is really important. This is really important to have somebody that that's not trying to just sell you a service. It's got to be cut down. It's got to be cut down. They just want work. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, a lot of times these people are, are doing more harm than good. You know, if they're trying to sell plant health care, um, sometimes they're selling something that's going to make something else flare up. You know, uh, mite problems uh, is a good example where they're just spraying chemicals to spray chemicals. And it looks great to the client that's paying a bunch of money. But you're actually, you know, damaging your biodiversity in your property. And uh, all of a sudden you have bigger problems and then you're going back to the certified arborist anyway. So you might as well have certified arborist out in the beginning. Um, in the long run, you're going to save a lot more and be a lot happier with your with your plants. 
Well, Adam, that's a good place to, to leave it. I appreciate your time and your, your information. That was good stuff and a lot of fun. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks much. Nice to meet you. Well, I hope you're getting the rain you need this summer. I've been watering my trees, that's for sure. Now, tune in every Thursday to the Talking Trees podcast from the Davy Tree Expert Company. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Do me a big favor. Subscribe to the podcast. We're always covering important topics, but in fun ways. And as always, we'd like to remind you on the Talking Trees podcast, trees are the answer. <laughs>